Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there, and welcome once again to Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devin from Canada. A few years ago, Guide Dog Users Incorporated celebrated a very special anniversary, and uh, it released a CD called 30 Years Harness in Hand. Let's begin this busy half hour with a selection from that CD done by Rochelle Gould and Sheila Styron, and it's called Gift from the Heart. And who knows what's in store The fun, the duty that lies ahead Excitement and so much more A loving family eagerly waits Their arms spread open wide For a ball of fur they will love and teach To serve as someone's guide Within
of our listeners will know that Michael Goring is a regional guide dog mobility instructor with Guiding Eyes. I heard him speak not too long ago about winter safety with your dog, and I thought, I've got to offer that to my listeners. So I called him at his office in Arizona, and this is the first part of the interview that we did. It was so informative, I just didn't want to leave out anything at all. So this is the first part of our chat with Michael Goring, and we'll uh, finish it next month. Well, hi, Mike, and thanks so much for being on the program with us. I think uh, the last time we chatted, you were our, uh, were in New York, but now you are in Arizona. And what is the title you hold there? I am a guide dog mobility instructor, a regional guide dog mobility instructor with Guiding Eyes for the Blind. Okay. And I, I'm sure you remember, though, traveling in uh, all the snow that uh, could gather in New York, right? Yeah, I actually lived, um, I was headquartered in, at my home in North Dakota. I spent first 50 plus years of my life in North Dakota, and I continue to cover regions um, up, up north, north of the border. Um, I've got uh, Manitoba and uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC, and, and I still continue to cover the northern tier states for guiding eyes. So, um, although I've I've uh, permanently snowbirded to uh, lovely Arizona, I uh, I'm still quite familiar with the uh, the uh, nuances of traveling in the winter. Yes. Up north. And so we're going to be talking about winter safety. Uh, first of all, let's uh, start with the dog. Uh, shall we? Do, do you like the boots that they have now for dogs? Uh, yeah, they've got several good options out there. Um, currently, Guiding Eyes is issuing, uh, we go with the Rough Wear boots. Um, we've been using that product for years. We have a good uh, work professional relationship with Rough Wear, and uh, um, they work fairly well. Um, I will say so on the downside of those, they're not, um, they don't offer a terrible amount of protection from the cold. Um, and when you, when you talk about the extreme uh, cold temperatures um, as you get up in Winnipeg and Edmonton and, and some of those extreme locations, um, the bottoms of those shoes, the rough wear shoe is a, it's a Vibram brand sole on a shoe similar to what you would find on a Merrill shoe for people. And um, that does get, that can get quite rigid and inflexible during winter travel. Uh, in those, you know, we start talking those minus, you know, minus 30s and 40s where the Celsius and Fahrenheit scales start to meet. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, we, there is another make of boot for cold protection that's actually a Canadian product, um, the Muttluck, M-U-T-T-L-U-K-S, the Muttluck boot. Um, and that is, that's a, actually developed um, for a little better protection 
uh-huh. uh, perhaps than, uh, than the Velcro strap on the boot. Um, they can be a little bit challenging to get on, um, but with some tricks of the trade, we I use the tennis balls to stretch them out a little bit so they go on a little bit easier. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and the bottoms of those are, are just a suede, uh, kind of a suede leather bottom on them. Um, so they actually, when they get get cold and they get a little bit tacky um, on the bottom, so those can be a fairly good solution. Um, personally, I've never been a real big fan of the you know the balloon style boots. Um, however, for some dogs, that's as much as they'll tolerate. Um, I mean, the, the the problem with those is that they just they seem to get punctured quite. You know, I've seen some of them get punctured. The dog's nails poke through and they get ripped up. But, you know, I've witnessed some people are thinking their dog's paws protected, and here the dog's walking around with, you know, almost like a uh, rubber ring hanging off their foot oh, and flopping there in the wind. So, um, but I mean, those can be helpful. Um, yeah, as well. So. Um, and there's a few other brands out there people have had luck with too. I mean, it's all what uh, you know, what schools prefer and, um, and and what they're advocating yourself. And I always defer, of course. Every every graduate should refer to their own school on what their own school is recommending. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, a brand of uh, of protection called Musher's Secret? Uh, my, Musher Secret is a nice alternative uh, to boots, uh, particularly for those dogs that are are not tolerant of wearing boots. Uh, Musher Secret can be a nice, uh, you know, that can help out, um, be a nice alternative. The, uh, you know, it does keep, you know, part of what we want to do when we're talking about boots with the dogs is, um, without, you know, the, the extreme cold temperatures are a hazard to the dog's feet, but um, more so what we get more concerned about is protecting the dogs from um, the, the moisture and the yuck. Uh-huh. The, you know, on, on you know, any of the northern tier travelers uh, that hear this know, you know, there's, there's you know, the, the chemical that they put down to keep the roads sod and keep, you know, keep it safe for drivers out there. Um, while safe, making it safer for drivers, it's not making it safer for our guide dogs. So um, that you know, we, those chemicals have just a you know, conglomeration of different chemicals that are used, including salt, of course. And the dogs, when they get to their final destination, the dog often looks to see. So um, the monster secret, it does create a um, water-resistant barrier, um, and it does help. Um, it does help to keep. Moisture from penetrating, you know, it, it helps to, uh, you know, particularly when those, those using Labradors, that you know, you already have a dog that has a, a water-resistant coat with some, um, you know, a breed that was uh, developed for jumping into cold water in the first place. So um, that can help, uh, you know, particularly at moderately cold temperatures, as well as just um, it's better than certainly better than nothing. Uh, for those situations where uh, people are facing the real extreme temperatures. Do you find that dogs <laughs> like um, things on or stuff on their feet? Uh, that, it varies. 
is, I mean, Doug, the idea of, you know, for, for most of us, we don't remember the first time we ever put, you know, his socks and shoes on our feet. No. Um, for, for Doug, um, you know, the part, dogs pick up information through their feet, their paws, on their feet provide them with sensory information, sensory feedback. So part of the resistance that you notice when we put boots on our dog's feet is that it's just it's just a very odd thing uh, for a dog uh, to have something on their feet like that, and it does interfere. It makes the world feel different mm-hmm. um, to the to the dog. So for some dogs, it's you know, it develops, It depends a little bit on the personality of each individual dog. Um, some dogs are, you know, 100% fine. You put the boots on and they'll walk a little funny for a while and then they get over it and they're like, okay, you want to you know, They're just very malleable and they, they go right with it. Um, and then you have the other end of the spectrum where some of them just become very, very concerned that they can't, they're not sensing the world the same way they did before. So it's just very discerning, and, and it's just a personality uh, with, the dog, with each dog. Some dogs are okay getting their nails trimmed, and some dogs don't like their feet being messed with at all. Um, and then you have those that are kind of in the middle, which I'd probably put most of most of our guide dogs is that they'll, you know, given some time, uh, they'll acclimate. Uh, they'll acclimate to wearing the boots given some, some time to do so. Um, they don't necessarily love them. Is there a secret to getting to them to at least like them? Uh, one of the things that works really well is is doing um, two boots two boots at a time. Um, that's I've been advocating that for decades, uh, and that does seem to to do well with dogs. I would say um, number one, do you know, do this outside of when you. you know, Mm-hmm. Um, praising and rewarding when they're going on and when 
coordinating that, just mixing that up. One day put on the front, the next day put on the back. So it's a few minutes a day, not a big deal. Um, you yourself keeping your own energy level very kind of neutral and having some fun with it. Just make it a game. It doesn't have to be anything dreadful. And then once you feel, you know, once you feel the dog's making some, some headway and getting more comfortable with them, then you can start doing all four. Um, and again, let him. He can play. He can do obedience. He can. You can just heal him around the house. You can whatever you want to do. Just have some fun with it. Get him used to it. And all this. Notice you're doing all of this without the harness on. So you're just allowing your dog to get used to the idea of having these boots on his feet. Um, you know, the, the the converse of that, and, and when things often go badly, is when you you wait for that December day where okay, it's the first bitterly cold day of the year. We need to put your boot on, and suddenly you're pulling out the boots, you're putting all four of them on, you're putting on the harness, and now you're telling your dog, who doesn't really like having things on his feet, <laughs> now you have to not only have these on your feet and tolerate that, but you have to guide me while doing this. So, it's, you know, simplify it for your dog, um, set them up for success, give them a chance to acclimate to those boots ahead of time and wearing them, and then it's not. So once we get you to do that, you know, for months and just, and it doesn't have to be every day. If you start well ahead of time, you can just mix it up every once in a while. Just get it used to it. We're going to play the booty game today. <laughs> right. Now there's something you do with your dog. You just keep it light, you keep it fun, and you don't have a lot of anxiety around it. And then by the time you do need to pull out those boots and actually ask your dog to do it, he's ready to do it. You know, and you and you work yourself up to that point where you're actually having them do some route work in harness with the boots on before the snow flies. So you're all, you know, and that makes you kind of, it helps to make not only your dog comfortable, but you comfortable um, in putting those boots on and off and on having his ability to guide you um, while he's wearing. Because sometimes it does feel a little different. The dog's pace may feel a little bit different. The dog's footfalls may feel a little different to you when they're walking with their boots. So um, it's something, it can be something for the handler to get accustomed to as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think of uh, jackets for dogs? Uh, do you like them? Do you have a favorite brand? Um, there again, we're using, yeah, I mean, for, for those extreme uh, climates, uh, within the Guiding Eyes program, we are fine with it. We ask graduates to check in with, you know, check in with us uh, ahead of time um, and let us kind of coach and advise on that. We want to be, the concern there is we want to make sure that the, the piece of equipment, the, the jacket that you would purchase, um, does not interfere with your harness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's of course, the big, you know, that's the biggest concern there. And then too, we want to make sure it's not it's not too warm, um, and it's not because you you can overdo it on that front. You can you know a lot of uh, dogs you know our, our dogs are wearing coats 365 days a year, mm-hmm. uh, so you know they have some protection already. Um, Different dogs have different tolerance to cold, and that's just an individual thing with dogs. And you know, we all know there's dogs out there. Everybody listening to this will you know, have some dogs that when they, they see the snow, they can't wait to go out in it and play it and roll it in. And then there's other dogs that they see the snow and they hear the wind, and they don't they'll hold it for 24 hours so they don't have to go out in it. So 
every just like us, every dog's a little bit different. And um, but with the jackets, there again, we've we've found um, really good products within Roughwear. Um, uh, they have some really nice uh, light light jackets that just help to keep the elements off, help to keep your dog dry, um, and, uh, and act as kind of a windbreaker. So some of those lighter jackets. Um, through Roughwear are nice products. They do fit well under uh, under the leather harnesses that uh, are very common in the industry. Um, so, um, so yeah, that that you know for you know for for let's say super really rainy weather, um, very wet and heavy snow kind of situations, um, and then some of those dogs and and there too, you know, some of the dogs that are are placed. Um, you know, we've got some of these little pocket labs out there nowadays. You know, mm-hmm. there's the 48-pound, 52-pound labs um, that are out there. They're pretty fine-boned. Um, some of them have pretty thin, uh, thin coats. Um, so giving that, you know, for those days when it's minus 30 um, on that Fahrenheit scale, um, you know, it's, uh, that's, to give them a little protection from that is, is not a bad idea. But there again, we do want you know, do please check with your school. Uh, get their, uh, you know, if they have a particular brand that they enjoy using or they feel good about, um, I would defer to them. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't that just provide you with a lot to think about and uh, absorb and uh, practice and include as part of your daily routine? I can hardly wait to play uh, the part two next month. And this time we focused more on safety of the dog. And uh, next time we'll kind of add the person to go along with the dog and talk about uh, things related to that. By the way, I was wondering, do you happen to know of anyone that has all sorts of information or that you'd like to hear from? but you don't know how to get in touch with them? Uh, Or do you know of anything, regardless of where it is around the world, that's happening with uh, regard to guide hearing and service dogs? Well, if so, I sure would appreciate it if you'd get in touch with me. The email here is theharness, just like what a, a guide dog wears. The Harness, all one word, at bell, B-E-L-L, dot net. So it's theharness at bell dot net. If you could just let me know, and uh, we'll see what we can do um, for a future edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. And we are coming very close to the end of our program So I thought I'd play a couple of selections for you, both of them having the same title. First, we'll hear from Rufus Thomas with a song called Walking in the Dog, and then we'll hear another song with the same title by Fats Waller featuring Cab Calloway called walking the dog as well. We'll be back on March 19th 
So in the meantime, you have a wonderful month, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.
listen to the country jamboree on the global voice you don't get your weekly fix of classic country and bluegrass when you don't get your weekly fix of classic country and bluegrass you put on your cowboy boots and ride out to the saloon when you put on your cowboy boots and ride out to the saloon you get into a fight when you get into a fight you get shot down like a dog by a drunken cowboy who thinks this town ain't big enough for the two of you. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Don't get shot down like a dog by a drunken cowboy who thinks this town ain't big enough for the two of you. Tune in to the Country Jamboree with Maureen and Mike G every Sunday at 8 o'clock UTC right here on the Global Voice. Check the schedule for repeat times, cowboy.